is the Modern Conservative Podcast with John Harvey. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is John Harvey, and I'm the host of the Modern Conservative Podcast. You can find me on tmcpnation.com. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, TikTok under Ruthless Truths. Um, It is the weekend. And I'm actually doing my show today on Friday because yesterday, you know, a series of events, um, I couldn't make it. But today I'm going to try to give you a pretty good show um, on Utah Basics 101 politics and the Republican Party. Um, as many of you may or may not know that we just had an election, uh, I think it was the primaries here on Tuesday, and the incumbent, not um, was Chris Stewart's United States congressional seat. Chris Stewart is a Republican who left office or is leaving office due to his wife has some illness. So he wants to stay home and take care of his wife. And I can understand that. Um, but the side, the other side of that, it's his replacement. His replacement is a woman named Celeste Malloy. Celeste was born in Southern Utah. There was a lot of issues about her coming to the state and running for this particular chair because she really does not live in the state, have not has not registered in the state and hasn't voted in years. Um, and I really won't hold the voting in years against her. I guess she's never voted. Um, a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, I'm expressing I've read and spoke to others um, that are that were running in or for that particular seat. Um, but there's quite a controversy here. I mean, if you don't live in the state, and a lot of you do not live in the state, um, um, we've got some laws here that are necessarily unnecessary. Well, let me put it, just unnecessary laws, such as SB 54, HB 54. Um, it's a law in our state that needs to be taken down because what it is, it's basically a gateway or back way to get into a, stay in an election if you lose in the convention. And that's basically going out and getting signatures. And a lot of times it's really expensive for you to get signatures if you're not someone with great big donors or deep pockets. That's the downside. And what that does, it actually kills the grassroots movement because a lot of these guys are candidates that are in grassroots, um, you know, they're getting their money from you, the people. And uh, so, and here in Utah, at least, the delegates are more likely to be grassroots in nature. They don't go much for the Romney type, but I say that we get Celeste. Celeste is more of a moderate Republican, uh, more like Romney type Republican. And we, ha we've had enough of that Spencer Cox type of Republican. We had enough of that. I mean, you can look at a social media and uh, I know some things have been taken down because, you know, she was, I wouldn't say endorsing Black Lives Matter, but she was with the movement as far as she didn't agree, disagree, at least in her social platform. She didn't disagree with Black Lives Matter and what they were doing, but nor did Romney either. Um, you know, she has a soft stance on an abortion. So there's some things about her that are a red flag. And, you know, and there's a lot of people that feel that she didn't get in 
she only got to the position she's in now because she has the endorsement of the lieutenant governor's office. And I won't say a lot on that, but it's a stacked deck for anybody else that was running up against her. Let me put it that way. And case in point, Greg Hughes. Greg Hughes has more name recognition than anybody that was running for um, Chris Stewart's seat. By far the most popular conservative, true conservative, uh, as far as um, in comparison to those who are running. Um, Now, there's a lot of people that don't like like Greg either because the question is, where is he at? Where has he been? You know, since he's not running for office, he's not out there pushing and helping the conservative movement um, publicly. Maybe that's why some people have a t- didn't go for him, but I can't imagine them going for someone they don't know. That's the worst thing you can ever do. You vote for somebody who you don't know and you don't know their politics. At least we know with Greg Hughes, his politics were he was the speaker of the Utah um, legislature. And he was a he was in office, I think, from 2016 or 12 till 2020, I think it was. Not exactly sure. But he was he had the name recognition. But what's the name? Um Malloy Celeste won in convention against Greg Hughes. I mean, mind you, by a small margin, I think it maybe four points. But um but that was kind of weird to a lot of us here in the state and those of us in the political movement. I still don't get it till this day. How does she beat up Greg Hughes? I mean, Greg could not spend a dime and half the state would know who he is. Now I've heard something about the convention. This is just what I heard that the convention was held in Delta primarily to benefit Celeste. So if you don't know much about Utah, there's this place called Delta, and then uh, which sits on the west side of the freeway, which is I-15. It's south of, it's 140 miles south of um, Salt Lake City. So the rumor I had heard, now I just say the rumor I heard because, you know, I wasn't sitting there, I wasn't a fly on the wall, so I can't say this is absolutely true, but this is what's been, you know, spinning around the Utah political scene that they put the convention halfway. So people from Southern Utah have a chance to vote for the person from Southern Utah. So they put it in, so they made it more central. Now, I don't know if that's tactical. I don't know if that's a good idea. I just don't know why you would have it in Delta rather than maybe Fillmore, for example. Um, But it just seems like it was stacked in her favor. It really does. Um, because most of the people in this state know who Greg Hughes, the name Greg Hughes. So it's rather weird how she got it off. But let's move on beyond that. But So that's some backdrop of who she is. Now, on the Democrat side now, we've got Kathleen Reby. Senator Kathleen Reby, who's running on the Democrat side against Celeste Malloy. Either way, how do I say this? Either way, I don't like either one of them wholeheartedly. Well, I like one, not at all. 
And I've always said, I'd rather have a half-assed Republican than a full-ass Democrat. Because at least with a half-assed Republican, I might get a vote in our favor every once in a while. With a full-ass Democrat, you're not, you don't have anything coming. That is the only, the only positive thing about her running because I don't really know her history. She could be worse than Becky Edwards. She could be worse than Reby. I don't know that yet. And that's how we're supposed to vet the people we vote for by um, knowing their history. Why we are actually voting for, for that particular person. Because you come from southern Utah, it's not a good reason to vote for a candidate in my book because if I don't know who you are, you know, I don't know how you're going to vote. If there's no pattern, it's right. You're just shooting, shooting in the dark and you're hoping this particular conservative, so-called conservative or Republican, I should say, will do what's right for the people of Utah. But looking at her social media, She's more like a Becky Becky Edwards than a Greg Hughes. I would just simply say that. Now, Chris Stewart was never a big fan of mine either. People says, well, Chris Stewart, <clears throat> you never heard a bad thing about him. That's the problem. That's the problem. When I mean bad thing, I want to hear the Democrats say sent bad things about him. I want the Democrats to say, oh, God, I hate that guy. He's always protecting those people in Utah. He's always protecting Second Amendment. He's always protecting the Constitution. I really hate that guy. When you have a politician and you don't hear that from the other side, you have to ask yourself why. Maybe some people go to Washington, D.C. There's a saying, you know, power protects power. And that's really what Washington, D.C. is. It's power protecting power if you play the game right on the right side then on the left side they're going to meet you in the middle so they can stay in power you know only in the past few years did they have you know have the democrats really try to destroy the republicans but the republicans do absolutely nothing and i think from my personal perspective I think Celeste will be one of those politicians that will go to Washington, D.C. and don't fight for Utah. She will just sit in the collective, mind her business, do what she's told, say yay and say nay when it's appropriate, and it benefits somebody other than the people. Now, I, hey, look, I hope she surprised the hell out of me. I hope the woman just blows it out of the water. Hell, I wish she becomes a Matt Gates, or Jim Jordan or Josh Hawley or good old Senator Kennedy, even a Mike Lee. But if you notice something about our politics and speaking of senators, I senators are some of the weakest senators I've ever seen in my life. What's the point of having a Senate in our country? These are some of the weakest 25 men I've ever seen in my life. They'll come up to a microphone and tell you what they're going to do. 
but nothing ever happens. For example, all the hearings. I want somebody to go to Washington, D.C. Hey, Celeste, if you're listening to this, say, hey, how about this? When you go to Washington, D.C., you walk in there with your own brand. And your brand is simply this. There's a new sheriff in town. I'm going to rally up the troops, and we're going to do the damn thing. We're tired of hearings, because that's all they are, hearings. I'm tired of things not going anywhere. This is you speaking for us, Celeste. We're tired of hearings. We're tired of, you know, you guys standing up to the microphone, giving us a great show, but nothing ever happens. Every time you bring in a congressman, your thought should be simply this. We only have two years to make shit happen. That's the urgency. You have only two years. In two years, get some shit done. Stop trying to pad your pockets and make name, get name recognition so you can leave the office and write a book or become a lobbyist or go back to your home state and run for governor. Do something while you're there, especially the House. The Senate is completely useless. I don't know why in the hell we have a Senate. They do absolutely nothing but sit around and kiss their own asses. Maybe I'll creep over and kiss somebody else's every once in a while. But the thing is, the Senate is completely useless. All it is, it blocks the bills that the House put forth. For example, if the Congress wants to put forth the bill and cut back and retard all this spending, the problem is it still has to go through the Senate. And they're so weak. I mean, look, they're weak by character, but now it's a 20, you know, it's a 25-25 split. And the deciding factor is the vice president. In this case, it, it is Kamala. So, Celeste, if you're going to go to Washington, D.C., and you're going to represent us. We don't want you to represent CRT. We don't want you to re represent DEI programs. We don't want you to represent the race club where, where your fear about being called a racist because you are doing your job as protecting the Constitution. You know, we want you to go there and be a soldier. All the other shit you were doing prior, you running for office, you have a chance to have a clean slate and do it right this time. Because I promise you, and here's another thing, Celeste, you're coming up for re election really soon. 2024, you're up again. So here's your chance if you get in to do the damn thing. And so it makes your next re-election a lot easier. When you make a name for yourself, Make it where the people of the great state of Utah and the country will know you for doing something like a, you know, Jim Jordan, like a Matt Gates, like a Senator Kennedy. <clears throat> now, there are some good senators. Let me say there are some good senators. I just the two main ones I have disdain for is Lindsey Graham. Mitch McConnell. And the other 25 Democrats. Ben Sass, you know, there's a lot of guys I have 
uh, no respect for because they have no respect for us. You know, we always have these hearings, and this is another thing with me and a lot of people in this country. We have these hearings, but there's never, ever any results. There's never, ever any results. Let me tell you how weak you Republicans are in the Congress. You can subpoena them, and they'll throw it right back in your face, and you do absolutely nothing to them. Absolutely nothing to them. They basically tell you, no, we're not going to show up. Oh, no, we're not going to give you a 1023 documents. Oh, no, you don't get anything. And then if you do get it, it's heavily redacted. It's just a black sheet of paper. That's the problem with Republicans in Washington, D.C. And that proves the fact that they go there to give the appearance they're doing the people's work. But the problem is you're doing the work, but there's no resorts. You're giving the look but there's no resorts. How about this, Celeste? When you get to Washington, D.C., ask your fellow Republicans, why have they not implemented the 25th Amendment on Joe Biden? Ask that question. Why have you not implemented or put forth actions to implement the 25th Amendment? They were doing it to Donald Trump. The man is cognitive, cognitive as all outdoors. Joe Biden is obviously incognitive at this point in time. Hell, we don't know if he's taking his phone calls from China and they're telling him what to do. We don't know. But we all do know he is he is not all there right now. And that goes the same thing for Mitch McConnell. Diane Feinstein or Feinstein, however you want to pronounce it. It goes the same. And one of those individuals that I just mentioned is a Republican. There is no shield. I believe there's no shield for these people when it comes to the Constitution. It applies to them just as well as everybody else. I don't understand why the Republicans have not said anything, even about Mitch McConnell. I guarantee you, <clears throat> I guarantee you, if that was Kevin McCarthy and he was the Speaker of the House, the Democrats, if they had a chance, his ass would be gone. They would get him out of there. And yes, you're most likely you're going to put another Republican in there, but I can guarantee you the Dems are going to vote for one Republican that they consider that's weak. Hell, Kevin McCarthy is not too far from being weak himself. This new Congress, is what is the 118th Congress, hasn't done anything when it comes to putting somebody in jail. Since 2020, since 2020, the Democrats have locked up numerous of people for the January 6th hoax. And now they're trying to come after, the feds want to come after 2,000 more individuals with the money that they're being give, given to by the Biden administration. 2,000 more. So if you were there, hey, your number may come up. There's got to be a stop to this, and our candidates that are running for office are supposed to be part of, part of the key to making some of this stop. But it doesn't stop. It still continues on and on and on and on and on. As a matter of fact, I truly, 
believe that what they should be doing is focused on one of their major priorities should be getting those people that were locked up because of January 26th, getting them, finding a way to get them out of prison and out of jail. That should be a priority because they know that's all a farce. They should be figuring out how to get those Americans out of jail. Hell, if Joe Biden can't get them out of Afghanistan, at least you guys can get them out of jail in our own country. Because if you don't have that kind of power, what good are you? What good are you? Everything has to be going through the Supreme Court to make things happen. Can't you guys try to be proactive? It's, it's absolutely ridiculous right now. It's absolutely ridiculous. And they talk about all this defunding the DOJ and the FBI, blah, 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 blah. Quit talking about it. Just do it. Just do it. Is Donald Trump the only man in the past six, eight years that we will ever see that has balls to stand up against the government? Is he the only man? Are the rest of you just a bunch of puppets? on public display to show us that you're trying so hard to help out the American people. We're not asking for money. At least not right now. We're not asking for tax cuts. At least not right now. We want the government to be the government that it was designed to be by the fathers of this country. You know, here's an interesting thought for most people out there who don't know this. So for you guys who don't know this, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, they are not the federal government. And a lot of people don't understand how that works. They are just two private organizations who happen to be the biggest political organizations in the country. They are actually private. Voted in by the people. And what you seem to miss, you allowing private individuals to control federal money. Think about that. Private individuals are controlling our money. Yes, we give them the votes to do it. But the problem is they use our money to do what they want to do with their money. And they're still private citizens. I don't care. You can call them a senator or a congressman. They're still private senators. You've given them permission to use $4 trillion a year to spend money the way they see fit. That's literally how it goes, the way it see fit. So let me give you an example. Ukraine. In order for money to go to Ukraine, there has to be a vote in the Congress every time they do a budget. And uh, we send them billions and billions and billions of dollars. Let me tell you where that billion dollars needs to go now. It needs to stop going to Ukraine and it needs to go to Hawaii. That's where the money needs to go, to Hawaii. We don't incur more debt. We redirect our funding to our own people now. Europe, if you want to take care of Ukraine right now, we've got our own crisis in our own country right now that we need to pay attention to. You stop sending money to Ukraine and you send it to the people of Hawaii 
so they can rebuild. What the hell is Ukraine rebuilding right now? They're in the middle of a war. They're not building buildings. They're not building these great big resorts. They're in a war. Why all this money keep pouring over there? See, that shows how the federal government, these private individuals who you elect as your public official, your representation can spend your $4 trillion a year that the government receives from us. But our problem with our government is, is we can't say, well, no, our budget is this amount of dollars, Ukraine. You're going to have to go without our money for a while. We got to take care of our own people. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, that should, should be, it should be done that way every day in this country. Every day, it should be done, done that way. You got a homeless on the street. The federal government needs to figure out how to get him off the street. You can send money to Ukraine so Ukrainians can use that money to spend it how they want to. But yet we Americans can't tell you how we want our money spent in our own country. You make that decision for us. And by the way, and I'm sure that money makes a big U-turn once it hits Ukraine. It comes right back to the United States in the form of a, into an LLC or to somebody's foundation as a donation. This money is not going to Ukraine just to help out Ukraine. It's happened out a lot of pockets. And you may not want to hear this, but that's the dirty, other tr ugly truth of politic politics in this country. It's about money. Think about something, people. Let's take, for example, the state of Utah. A congressman in Utah makes $17,000 a year, and they get per diems. But they'll spend $100,000 on some, in some seats, $150,000 for the seat. Let's say a Senate seat here in Utah. For a job that pays roughly $20,000 a year. Because in Utah, we don't have a full-time session. It's 45 days out of the year. Now, the legislators do go in once a month. Um, some, if not all, once a month to hearing, briefings, whatever you, they do up there. Why would they spend that kind of money for a seat that pays no money? Because of the benefits and the perks and the names they come and talk come and tack with and the companies that lobby towards them there's big perks into being a being a legislator in utah big perks and case in point washington dc it's millions and millions of dollars the next election i want you guys to do something pick out five candidates research their network net worth and if they win Watch how their net worth grow. Those guys, if you're a senator, you're making 180 something thousand a year. A, a congressional a congressional seat pays 70,000, $173,000 a year. Watch how their wealth grow. It grows like wildfire. Watch it. Watch it. They become the best stock investors you've ever seen. They become the biggest developers you've ever seen but yet in their private life they were not that only when we can you become a senator or a congressman 
you become that. For example, the governor's seat or these the United States Senate seat. They said their Mitt Romney seat in Utah can cost up from six to twelve million dollars. Six to twelve million dollars for a seat that only pays you a hundred and eighty-three thousand dollars a year or eighty-six thousand dollars a year. There is big money just for running for office. And you don't even have to win. There's big money. So think about that when you vote asking people, why are you running for a seat that make pays no money? There is big money. Free trips on the state side, federal side, federal side, everything is pretty much free. And it's just raking the money hand over fist, raking money hand over fist. And this is how this game is played. And they know it. They just don't want you to know it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, right in the middle of my hot topic and my little rant, my Friday alternate day rant, um, I got to end this journey. Um, it's good to always talk to you guys. It allows me to re remove a lot of stress and things that are on my mind. And that's why I do this. And I hope you guys enjoy the podcast, you know. And uh, if you could think of a topic, something you want to talk, talk about, let, let us know. And I actually will be moving to a different platform in the next few weeks. But it'll be the same content. Good and as true as I know it. Have a great weekend. Look me up on tmcpnation.com. Listen to other podcasts and have a great weekend. My name is John Harvey and I'm your host on the Modern Conservative Podcast. Love you all.